Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. It's great to have your company. My name's Tony Nichols, the founder and CEO around here, joined by John Sullivan and Caroline Fleming. Welcome along, guys. Great to be here as always. Hello. Hey, Caro, are you like me? I get a sense that you've got a great voice and we love your voice and all of our listeners love your voice, but you don't like your voice. I know I'm, I'm in that boat. Like who does like everything about them? So it's hard, isn't it? I know it about John. I'm just asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, feel <laughs> targeted. I'm hurt. <laughs> no, um, I actually got told by a client today that I could um, work on chat lines because I have a husky, losing my voice <laughs> sort of style of speaking. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I don't think anyone likes hearing their voice back on video or anything. So that self-consciousness that we all have, I mean, it, it's very inhibiting, isn't it? So you get a great compliment. You don't necessarily believe it. You're more locked in your mindset that your voice isn't great. Like I, I despise my voice and it's self-consciousness, it's imposter syndrome, it's just general stuff that for all humans, you get a great accent, you probably don't think this at all. Oh no, look, it's funny. I reckon when I was back home in Wales, everyone sounds like me or a version of me, right? So you don't feel special at all. You're just like, I'm another Welsh bloke, who cares? So I love your accents because to me, they're exotic and sophisticated. (laughs) You've got the Australian accent, you've got the New Zealand accent, but you probably feel like it's routine because where have you come from? You know, you both come from highly polished broadcast background. So I guess we all love the difference in other in other voices, don't we? I mean, I'm always uh, ripped out in Australia for my Kiwi accent. I mean, I think that's pretty common play. Um, so definitely have my sort of insecurities, but it's funny how we all, yeah, we like other people. Exactly. Tony made the good point. Like love listening to John speak and could do it all day, but you're like, oh yeah, good <laughs> carbon copy. So how is it stopping our peeps in our community from doing everything that they want to do? Because, you know, we, um, our image of ourselves or our fear, they're all barriers to us being everything that we should be, right? So, for example, we do lots of podcasts for clients, but it's pretty hard getting them behind the mic, isn't it? Because of all their self-consciousness. Definitely. I mean, I feel like there's two types of people in the world, though. Like, definitely, oh, sure. <laughs> there are a few that love the sound of their own voice. <laughs> but I think, um, absolutely, it can definitely hold people back around, I guess, how confident you are in getting in front of a microphone and I mean that's on TV that's on radio it's even sometimes on print just chatting um, I think a lot of us uh, we can all say we have our insecurities that hold us back from chasing our dreams or, or heading towards that which in some cases it's media it's like finding your voice as well like being real like you know your voice reflecting how you actually feel and speak and I think sometimes we all try and put a, a bit of polish on things don't we but some I think that detracts from getting to know someone like authenticity is key with voice I think we've said over the years clients with a big ego it's kind of a good thing like if you do have a big ego you're more likely to want to play in the media space and feel like that is your home and and you're right and clearly I have a big ego right I've got my own podcast I'm happy to admit that and you know and I'm you know I'm not without my faults but I can also honestly say like I cringe hearing it back like I really do and but and I don't think I'm alone in that like you know the acceptance of yourself is a huge journey which we can't help any of our listeners with, right, because we're maybe not there ourselves. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of insight. I mean, how often have we listened to something back with someone and they go, oh, I hate my voice. You hear it all the time. But, yeah, and you make a good point there around the size of the ego versus media readiness. I mean, I love when I've got a big ego client and I get a call from a TV station because I know they're going to jump at it. Whereas if it's the other side of the coin, you know you're going to be convincing your client why they should go on TV and... 
but often through practice they build it up. We know so many who would have set a flat, no, I will not touch TV. A year later they're fronting their own interviews, they're getting called from their local Channel 7 journalists. Like, it's practice makes, not perfect, but, you know, practice builds confidence. That makes a lot of sense. The more time you spend in front of one of these, speaking, hearing your own voice back in a set of cans or headphones, you know, maybe listening back to an auto record of it and just thinking, oh yeah, that worked, that didn't. It's all that kind of subtle nuance. It's hard to do, but it kind of does pay off, doesn't it, in the end? Mm. Practice does. Might not make perfect, but it does build confidence and it relaxes you. And so repetition relaxes us, doesn't it? And coupled with this, I often think how you're feeling and how you're performing are two different things. You can feel like rubbish, but actually the performance is quite good because people can't necessarily see how you feel or see what you're overcoming. Can you relate to that? I certainly remember in broadcasting, you're on every hour, every half hour, you're exhausted, you're fatigued, you couldn't give a toss about the story that you're doing and it's raining and it's cold or whatever. You're feeling like rubbish, but that performance is still quite polished because you're punching it out. Do, do, Do you get a sense of that? Even the other side of that, I feel like it's a little bit of fake till you make it. If I'm feeling really myself and I'm really confident, my performance is going to be good. You know, like, even if I'm not entirely sure what I'm talking about, if you go in with that strong energy and, like, you know what you're talking about, people are probably going to believe you. I think that word is key, energy. The energy you bring, it can it can help you overcome negative self-talk, uh, internal self-doubt, whatever's going on in your life that's dragging you down. If you come in with just thinking, I'm just going to I'm just gonna do this, I'm going to do my job and treat it like that, you sort of give a good performance. That That is the key, I think, Cara. And for perfectionists and high achievers... It is hard to hear to, you can hear the compliments till the cows come home, but to receive them into your heart and actually believe them. So, you know, you started Caro with someone complimenting your voice. You heard it, that's great. And you're requoting it, but for you to feel that in your body and go, you know what? You know, there's that actually that person gave you some love. They nurtured you and that, that was a beautiful, they, well, they did, didn't they? they didn't I have said to. I could be on a chat line. I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> I'm a bit more sketchy. I mean, uh, we're, we might need to leave that, but no, I know what you're saying. I mean, I think you've got a great voice, Carol, but I'm biased because obviously I love working with you. But it's nice to hear. I like different accents, different textures, different experiences. You can almost get a sense of what someone's maybe done with their life if you really listen to their true voice. And it's good to imagine sometimes, you know, when you hear someone's voice, you know, what do they look like? What is their story? Mm-hmm. And people's people's uh, misconceptions and, and the actual gap between reality of, of what you think someone might be like and, and what they are. I kind of love that. That's one of the joys of this format of broadcasting. And we never know how the audience is receiving us. Got no idea, right? But you, we're just in our minds through these filters, putting some sort of analysis and summary on how we think we're going, projecting that onto an audience we've never met, never will meet. We have no idea what they're thinking. It could be in total awe of you. So I'm just trying to dismantle this a little bit, and hopefully we're trying to give people confidence. You know, we can relate to being nervous and being scared and feeling like we're not worthy. We can totally relate to that, but we're actually not stopping us from building the life that we want to build. Do you connect with that, John? Yeah, I suppose like no one listens to content or watches anything and it's the only thing they're concentrating on. But when you listen to yourself back, you're quite singular in your concentration. Most people are trying to maybe get the kids ready for school or, you know, they're trying to drive or they're trying to get off the training time so they make their first meeting of the day. All these things are done in concert with other activities. But I think when you do something, you feel like it's the only thing that matters at that time. And I think if you take that pressure off yourself and just realise, yeah, you're just punching out some talk, some thoughts, you want to think about your message and you want to deliver it in a clear way. But if you take that pressure off yourself, it probably goes better, Cairo, doesn't it? 
It's a really good point. And I, I think too often we hear clients saying, oh, I was absolutely atrocious in that interview. Or go listen back. And you're like, well, no, you weren't. Like, maybe you could have refined your messaging or slowed down a little bit. But generally, like, it was good. People who listened to it would have consumed it well and know that you're an expert. You, as the performer or the talent, aren't capable of judging of how you, how you went. That's what I'm hearing. Because the audience is sitting back going, you know what? You know, Dougal Hollis, AHA, you know, that was really good. But, but we know Dougal's bashing himself up because he's such a high performer and we bash ourselves up. In spinning that around, Caro, do, do you think that makes sense? That you as the performer or talent, you're the last person that should be assessing your performance because you're not capable of doing it. You're too close to it. Completely. And I guess as well, often, I mean, say we're talking in the context of it, one of our clients doing a radio interview, you're also the expert. So you're going to be the one that's judging your performance around, oh, I got this word wrong, or there was, you're a bit more pedantic and everything. But you're absolutely right. I mean, if I listen to it, I go, that makes total sense. And that's really interesting. I completely agree. You, you have no right to judge yourself in those scenarios. I think that's very fair and uh, great advice because, you know, you enjoy the process more. Just, just get on there, have a go. You know, practice what you've learned and just refine it. I remember working in news and it didn't matter what I was doing uh, in broadcast, if it involved looking at me or listening to me, I hated it. And it was an awful way to live because it was a full-time gig for a long time. But if I was to listen back on things I did now, it's like, wow, I was actually all right. But I didn't have any of that self-love to receive it. I, I, I just couldn't receive it. It was why I was employed and why I was put on the arms, but I was too critical of myself. Yeah, you were caught up in the pressure of the day-to-day -day mechanics of your job, you know, having to get stories, maybe be the first, get the best grabs, get the best clips on breaking news, you know. You know what it's like, we've all had that pressure, a massive story breaks, you're like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to get some response to this, I've got, to, I've got to get the first quotes on this, I've got to write the story up, I've got to do a live cross on radio, then I've got to get a TV package ready. These are the pressures that the journalists were under during my time, and I know it's dated now, it's a multi-platform multi rollout, and how much content do journalists have to punch out now, Carrie? You know, it's, mm. it's a lot, isn't it, on different platforms? <laughs> I mean, even reflect on this, I mean, I worked as a TV producer, but I never would put myself in front of the camera for exactly those sort of fears and ended up going into print. So I always said, oh, no, TV isn't for me, but, you know, maybe that's maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, but, but and this is the theme of our chat now, right, for, for the people with all the brands that we're trying to build, like, what fears have you got that you are letting stopping you living the life that you should be living? Mm -hmm. There's a prime example. It's a TV journal waiting to happen, but you said, oh, no, not for me. So it's like, it's almost like a feel the fear and do it anyway exercise because it's no secret, right? Everyone's shit scared. Oh, definitely. I think if you're a normal human being, at some point you're going to say, oh, you're not good enough. That's kind of normal. And then it's like, well, how'd you get past that message and say, well, look, I've got as much chance as anyone else of being okay at this. So I'm just going to do it because it's important for the people I work with or it's important for myself. And I think if you can, if you can do that and get there with help or support, that must be a great feeling. Yeah, this is like therapy. Yeah, it is. That's, that's <laughs> what I mean, Tony. Love these things, you know. Let's break down these barriers. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you finish on that gag. Tony <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just broke us. We got, got nothing there. We're done. Thanks for listening, guys. 